your Bible teach you this afternoon, let us turn to Matthew the 13th chapter. Or the 13th chapter of Matthew. Depends who is speaking. Whether British English or American English. Matthew the 13th chapter, verse 44 to verse 46 in your Bible. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about the parable. And let us read the word and ask God to bless us with the word. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field what a man found it found in height. For the joy over he goes and sell all that he has and he buy that field. Hold on first to that scripture. If you look at the scripture, when a man found and height, Go back to verses where it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a hidden treasure. When you read the parable, there is always another level, layer of spiritual understanding. What I give unto you is only the first level. And I pray as you read and pray, God will give you the second level. The much more you pray, a third level. Now the question I'm going to ask you, I will not give the answer. If the kingdom of God is a treasure, then why hide it? You, that's your homework for you to do. Don't look at me like this. Look to Jesus. If the kingdom of God is a treasure, then why hide it? We all love the kingdom of God. We want to be the kingdom of God. Why hide the treasure? The kingdom of God should be open and let the world know, come to Jesus. But yet remember, this is a parable. And every parable, we need the Holy Spirit. And I pray that, that through the Holy Spirit of God, as you began to depend on the Spirit of God, God will begin to speak to you. Then he began to say, in verse 45, and again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking for a beautiful pearl, who when he found one, pearl of a great price, went and sell and sold all that he had and bought it. I know we prayed, pastor I prayed, I have prayed, we break every rule of preaching, we pray again. Who say we cannot pray again? Hello, don't look at me like this. If I need to pray a hundred times in the pulpit, I'll pray a hundred times because I'm dependent on the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you the parable, totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. If not, you will, yeah, I won't understand. You won't understand. You go out of this place more confused than anything else. But when Jesus began to speak the parable, there was spiritual insight for us. We may not understand, but there is spiritual insight. But once the revelation of God has been revealed to you, you will jump to the sky and say, wow, the treasure of the word. Father, I ask of you, speak to us once again. Lord, I trust your Holy Spirit. Lord, I will not trust, Lord, the morning to service, but I trust now a fresh touch of your anointing fire. Father, I ask of your Holy Spirit, breathe within us the Spirit of God. Amen. Excuse me, I got third service. You're coming for the first service for you. 
You might, you might be more alive than me. Your amen like, sounds like you have 40 years, 40 years in the wilderness. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about coming to the word of God. We got to take it with treasure in our hearts. I love the word of God. I pray we all do love the word of God. We entitled our message, Hidden but Yet Precious. Hidden but Yet Precious. You know, I love to see documentary shows and my favorite television program is National uh, Geography and Discovery Channel. These are programs that we can learn. And as I was one day watching on a documentary on a discovery of the ancient China way of the dynasty of the early Chinese history, that began to entice me. I want to see the whole program. And you can, you, you can see it, you can read it, and you can find it out. The items that are found are recorded and are placed in the museum not only to be preserved of its uniqueness, but also to preserve its value. Every China way and every ancient discovery that are put in the museum are priceless. And they will guard it with all their heart, with their soul, with their spirit, whatever, with security camera, because these are ancient treasures that speaks about the days of old that you and I were, were not there. We were never there. But this showed the history of mankind. But here today, Jesus talked about a parable that talks about not only history about Palestine, but also about spiritual, let me quote and unquote, spiritual history of the kingdom of God. Why did I say that? I don't know why, brother. But there was good insight. Spiritual history of the kingdom of God. And church, all of us today, we love to have presents, gifts, and we treasure gifts. And we hold it in our hearts. When somebody gives us a gift, we already desire what is inside. But yet in this two parable, there is a twin parable, all right? And the pearl of the great treasure too, mixed together, I will interchangeably use the parable and the treasure to begin to bring forth the message of God. All of you looking at your faces, I know that you have read the word of God. And you have begun to read many, many parables in, right in Matthew the 13th chapter. In fact, Matthew chapter 13 got five parables right there. Have you asked yourself a question? Why did Jesus need to use so many parables? Why don't you just speak straight one parable? Why so many parables? The more parable that we read, the most confused we become. But it's not a confusion that is in, we, need, we need to worry. We need to seek the Holy Spirit of God because all this parable began to tell you about the variety and the flavor of the kingdom of God. Some of you are shaking your head. It blessed my heart. The variety of the parable talks about the variety of the kingdom of God. Everybody loves to go to buffet. If you love to eat, you love to go to buffet. You got many choices. If you come to a place of makan, a place to eat, only kangkong, everyday kangkong, you also wake up kangkong, your face looks like kangkong. But when you got variety, you can pick and choose and say, this is nice. This is tasty. This is delicious. This is awesome. Whatever name you want to put in food. But yet, we look at this parable. 
They teach us the same spiritual truth. Salvation is a treasure. Possessing the kingdom of God is a treasure. That Jesus Christ is the greatest treasure. And let's look at the background of the story, even though it's not written as I do the research. In the days of Palestine, there is no bank for them to deposit whatever they need. For the matter of fact that someone, so with some form of wealth, they would normally bury their wealth for safekeeping in the field, away from the robbers. Hopefully they remember where they bury. Palestine was a place where there were battles being fought many years ago, history tells us. And when people will run from their home, they will take their treasure and they will begin to hide it and then go find for safety and come back again, hopefully to find that the treasure is there. And here Jesus began to unfold to us a parable. The man in this parable stumbled across one with treasure chest and realized how awesome is the, is the treasure. Your question in your mind as I look at your faces, you may be thinking, but faster, why did Jesus speak parable? Why didn't he just speak forth the word of God right straight, right God? Right there, and this is a chair, and this is a table. Why say that is a furniture with four legs? Thank you. I got one who pay attention. Thank you. Thank you very much. One word, amen, for that. Remember, Jesus speak the parable because the people in the days understood parable. Parable was their, 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 their pastime. They said, many years ago, you know, we don't learn about Shakespeare. By the time of ancient England, Shakespeare, thou thee, thou cometh, thou goest. Today, we don't speak on all this. But in those days, the, the, the literature was all in Shakespeare. The people understood the, the literacy of Shakespeare and the play of Shakespeare on Macbeth and all that. To prove the point, remember the scripture that king, the king began to sin against God and God sent a prophet and he went to this man and king of Israel and he said, you are the man and he make a parable and the man of God and the king of Israel says, yes, I am the man who sinned against God. You know, Nathan said to David, Hey, since he's a prophet of God, why doesn't go that straight? David, you sin against God. Those are you. You sin against God. Why talk a long story? And then David say, yes, I am the man. Look at this picture. We know about the sin of David, but he spoke in parable. That gives us a picture and understanding the parables was part and puzzle of the life of the Jewish people in Palestine. Thank you. He will learn more when he go to school. He will tell the teacher that is Palestine. The second parable is the parable of the, of the pearl, the most precious prized possession of all. 
the rich merchant went in so in looking for a precious pearl for the pearl of the man was willing to sell everything that he had this pleasure everything that he had to possess that pearl and Jesus repeated the same point so that we can grasp the meaning every time Jesus said twice or you read the bible every time the man of god the prophet of god repeat the scripture or the holy spirit inspired the man of god to write twice that means god want us to pay a close attention number 1 you writing your writing on your handphone spiritual treasure is priceless number 1 spiritual treasure is priceless Jesus spoke of a man who found the treasure he knew the treasure is priceless he hide in the treasure knowing that thief will come in and steal if he carry home so he decided to begin to hide the treasure pause for a moment time's up here for a moment remember i said to you there is a parable within the par- parable this parable i said unto you is only one level there is another level to it and there is another level to it and there's another level to it as i was looking at the parable one man of god i was sharing with him about the parable he said to me i i say you learn your parable about this parable i ask you a question and he say i say what's the question he say if the price par- parable is so precious the kingdom of god is is a treasure he say why hide it He say you go and pray and God will show you the second level. After much prayer, very difficult, I cracking my head, cracking my spirit man, prayed through and God said give me the second level but we will not go to the second level. The second level is entitled treasure in the heart. It's like if the kingdom of God is a treasure why hide? Why don't you open up? So I want to provoke your thoughts that God will speak to you when you go back and pray read the word holy spirit show me and i believe the holy spirit will show to you the parable that you will understand and you will treasure the kingdom of god because spiritual treasure is priceless so this man bought everything he sold everything that he had he buy the land and the treasure belongs to him the treasure is more so precious and priceless compared to the land i was preaching in brunei many years ago and as i saw the houses in brunei with all the bungalow houses and behind every bungalow house there is a small mini drill mini uh, oil drill many drill now look at the pastor i say pastor if i have a house here and behind my house i have this oil drill that means the oil belongs to me He smiled at me and he says brother he say you may buy the land you may have the house but in Brunei everything above ground belongs to you everything beneath ground belongs to the state Then I said oh okay He said no everything there's a constitution law in Brunei everything beneath the ground belongs to the state the land belongs to you 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 may sitting you may be sitting on your house may sit on the land 
but below is full of oil. It does not belong to you. But right here, Jesus talked about the parable that this man, he knew that he sell everything. Well, I know he got the land. Everything beneath that land belongs to me. And church, you and I, as we walk with God, as we treasure the things of God, you and I have experienced a born-again experience. We experience the love of God in our heart. We come to church, we worship God. We come for a Bible study. We begin to come every time the house of door is open. We begin to rush in and today I want to thank you and ask, bless your heart because at this time at 2.46 is a good time to sleep. Amen. Just take a short nap, siesta. Some people siesta are short. Some people siesta is super long. But yet you are in the house of God. May God bless your heart. May you begin to open your heart to the word of God. We learn together, we grow together. And that's why we, when we come to the house of God church, many, when we started off in our Christian faith, the Christ was before us and the world was behind us. But as years began to go forward, the world became forward and Christ is behind us. And that's why we need to begin to treasure the things of God. Someone shared the word of God with you. You come to the house of God, you receive the word. So you got to treasure. Why? The enemy will do everything that he can to take the spiritual treasure that you had. We're going to follow me in the parable. You say, Pastor, I don't, I don't understand the parable. At the end of the service, you become parallel. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 9 to verse 21. Matthew, chapter 6, verse 9 to verse 21. Jesus said very strongly, He said, Do not store up for your treasures on earth, nor moth, nor thief destroy, nor thief breaks in and steal, but store for yourself treasures in heaven, neither moth, nor rust destroy, where thief does not break in and steal, where, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And church, this very scripture tell us, today we are bombarded by globalization. Yeah, today we are bombarded by material procession. Today we are bombarded by career, nothing wrong with career. Nothing wrong with education, nothing wrong with prosperity, nothing wrong with all this material thing that God has blessed us. But yet this is not the finality in our life, neither it will be the treasure of our soul. Jesus say, what profits a man that gains the whole world but lose his soul? Last week, a brother passed away and been to eternity. You say, Pastor, that's good news. Praise God. But let's go back to the story. He was a second man in silk air. High profile man, very educated man. Anti-Christ, anti-Bible, anti-church. You talk about anti, this man is anti all the way. He, when he was small, he was in boys' brigade. He accepted the Lord, but he backslid and walked away from God. From there, he, he pursued his education, become a top-notch man in, in, in silk air. And nobody can tell him about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He, he's a self-made man, number two man in silk air. You talk about a man with intellect, scholar minds, mind of a scholar. If I speak to him, 
I got to use dictionary because what he said, I don't understand. Me speak no English. But yet, all that he said about him, I believe God knows he knows how to get him. And when he began to have a kidney problem, that was a time everything in his life broke. broke. Everything that he possessed in his life broke right there. And by the mercy of God, I tell myself, if this thing, I tell you honestly, if this thing don't happen, he will not accept Jesus. Let's be very honest. They're already high up in that place, a self-achieved man. And as I visit him and share with the gospel, another sister said, Pastor, can you share the gospel? I'm not sure whether he accept, he, he said yes, but because I'm the auntie and he's my nephew and I uh, shared with him, he's almost the same age like mine. And I, I went to him, I, I seen the house, sat with him. He all took all over, shared with him a simple gospel. But prior to that, I see the tube running in his body because of kidney problem. And I look at the wall and there was boxes of liquid uh, dialysis. So I was looking at the liquid dialysis. I'm thinking, hmm. then I turned to him and said, brother, what does this liquid dialysis do? Why, what is that box? He said, pastor, these are liquid dialysis I need to use from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Wow. I said, they come again. He said, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. I said, brother, then it will, it, will, it will hinder your sleep. He said, yes, it hinder my sleep, but it cleaned the, the toxic of my body. He got to use it. No, no, there's no expiry date unless he get healed or divine intervention. So as he was talking to another sister, I was just looking at his face. And then when he was talking, the Holy Spirit dropped a word and say, after this conversation, tell him about the blood of Jesus. So after conversation is over, I say, brother, hold on first. But I, I summarize the gospel into a very small portion. I say, this toxic only clean your, 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 this liquid clean the toxic in your body, but it will always be there. But the Bible says the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all your sin. You want to receive Jesus. He open his heart, he say, yes. He opened his heart and he opened his heart and he yes. In the month of February, walked with him for one year. The disciple go to his house. Last February, went to his house. I need a water baptism in his house. I say, anyway, you are here. You are healed. Not able to bring you to the sea. Because if, if any salt water will touch you, there bring complication. There is no wisdom in that. But we will do it in this manner. In your house, because of this condition. Baptize in the name of the Father and Son. He was happy and ready and just looking forward for it. Shed the gospel. Shed the water baptism. He opened his heart water baptized by February and last week he closed his eyes and went to eternity. He treasure before he passed away he tell that sister I pray that my wife my three daughters will come to Jesus and come to church. He found spiritual treasure that all in his life cannot even grant him only Jesus Christ can give. That is why you and I, why things happen like this, I don't know. I don't have the answer. But on these very circumstances, I could see that he found the spiritual treasure. And the wife yesterday, okay, not only that, glory to God. We, we shared with him 
But we're also targeting the wife. The wife say, no, no, not yet. No, 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 no. So now he's in coma. Now, the interesting coma. I need to share with you coma. He was in hospital. He was totally knocked off. I mean, coma. They were there in the hospital. Hello, hello, hi. I say, excuse me, sister. Your husband talked to him. He said, what, what do you mean talk? So I went to his ears. I called his name. Brother, pastor is here. He was in full coma. Knockout, straight flat. He heard my voice. His body started kicking. And I went, hey, he's responding to you. I said, relax. I'm here. He relaxed. He's shocked. You're shocked. I said, sister, he, your husband, made me in coma. Forget about what the doctors say of all these things. But he's a spirit man. Speak to his spirit man. So when you minister to people in coma, speak to the spirit man. It's a life. You all look like, huh? So another brother went. He said, my name is Vincent. Oh, he started kicking the leg with the tube. Other than that, he's flat out. His spirit man can hear. His spirit man is alive. If you look away from the physical, look at the spirit man. So I look at the wife and say, sister, you look at my hands here. You know what is a peanut? He said, yes, I know what is a peanut. I use a peanut as an example. I say, this peanut, you know, the outer shell is the body. We open up the peanut, your peanut, that is the spirit, your soul. I say, the outer man perish, but the real is the real man. So we shared the word, he refused, she refused. And after the last stage of her life, when the husband going to go, she says, I want to accept Jesus. And I want to be disciple. And I say, Lord, you know how to begin to draw people. Now she saw she had everything in her heart, in her life, everything that she had. But she now ready to begin to have the spiritual treasure that is Jesus Christ. Where your heart is, there the treasure shall be. You know, ladies and gentlemen, God has given us spiritual treasure. There was a man by the name of David Livingstone. He was the first missionary to Africa, the dark continent of Africa in those years, 1950, 1960. The Africa was a dark continent those days. But now Africa is lighted up by the fire of the Holy Ghost. And it was this man, David Livingstone. His, his heart is for Africa. He was born in England and then he died in England, but many years he was in Africa. But one day when the tribal, small tribal village in Africa heard about David Livingstone passed away, they were saddened in their hearts because this man brought the gospel to Africa. So they all gathered at, below a small tree. They cupped their hands and did like this and say, In this hand is the heart of David Livingstone. They walked, they big a small little hole. They began to put it as imagination is the heart. They cover it and say, even though he's buried in England, but his heart is in Africa. Where your heart, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. You know, church, the question we need to ask ourselves, 
How can I guard my spiritual treasure? How can I guard my spiritual treasure? Never take it for granted. Acts chapter 17, verse 10 to verse 11. Acts chapter 17. The brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Barin, and when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now those where they were more noble-minded than the Thessalonica. The Berean believers were more noble-minded. The Thessalonican believers have the revelation of Paul for the end times and the second coming of Jesus. The insight the Thessalonica believed had had did not have much as the Berean church. But they were more noble. Why? Because they searched the scripture. They dig in the scripture. They read the scripture. And today, church, the spiritual treasure that we have in our life is the word of God. And you and I, we need to know the word of God and there is no excuse. Many times we say that is what he say. That is what they say. That is what that person say. But today we need to know what did the word of God say. When we come to our own education endeavor. When we come to our own understanding of our career. Our own our forex learning. In our own business, we know every detail and everything that we know we do it to do about business. How much more the word of the Lord. We say we are believers, but yet we hardly open up the word. I'm speaking to you, but I'm speaking to myself. We have no excuse but to read the word of God. Jesus said, heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will never pass away. That is why, you know, it's very sad. By the grace of God, the last seven years, can't remember how many years, but God opened the door for me to teach in tongling, in fasting and prayer, and by mercy of God. And every time I come to these students, and I began to say, how many of you read the Bible complete within one year? If I can get four hands up, Grace God and glory to God by the mercy of God. Sometimes it's only four hands out of 100 students. And church, we have no excuse. You say, Pastor, I don't understand. Many things we will never understand unless we read the word. Only when we read the word, the Holy Spirit will bring understanding to our hearts. Let me tell you, when you read the word, the Holy Spirit knows how to explain to you. It was in the time of Mauritius. When I was preaching in Mauritius on a Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning, the church is flooded. Morning. Yeah, dealing, healing and deliverance ministry. So I got a message right in the pulpit. And I was praying, Lord, what must I preach? God said, not this scripture, not this verse, not this verse. Three sermons I had, God said, not all this sermon. I said, God, if not all the sermon, then what sermon? Then the Holy Spirit prompted my heart. I want you to preach in a book of Proverbs. And then I open up without my text, without my notes. I began to by faith be the interpreter. Lord, I pray, God, that you help me to bring across that word. But as I was preaching, there was a lady on the second row looking at me just as you are looking at me. I said, Lord, if I look at her, I will lose my inspiration. With a big Mauritian eye, she opened and stared at me without blinking her eyes. But anyway, after the preaching of the word, she came and said, Pastor, thank you for the word. I said, all glory to God. He said, this morning, I was doing my devotion. 
And I came to the book of Proverbs that you have turned. I asked the Lord, what is the meaning? God says, the answer is waiting for you. Go to church. And that was an inspiration and encouragement to me. Praise God. And that began to stir my heart. Church, when you read the word of God, who knows one day God will bring a man of God and turn that scripture. And when you look, hey, I just read yesterday. Oh, I just read that yesterday. I was preaching in a church in Jurong on the parable, the parable of the, of the ten virgins. Halfway through the preaching, I was wondering why the young people were all like talking and like moving around, staying in the position, like looking. I was a bit distracted because they were all like. So after the service, the pastor say, sorry for the distraction because it's a Sunday service. Saturday, I spoke to all these young adults. I want you to go and think about the parable of the ten virgins. No wonder they were surprised that God lead and God explained. And they were like, we were just told yesterday and now the preacher is coming. You're not sure that inspired me, that inspired us, that inspired the name of the Lord. That is why never underestimate what God can do when you read the word. You'll be surprised. God got many surprises for you. God will open up the treasures of the word of God in your soul. If not, you will never know. If not, you just sit at the church and say, Whoa, another message. Another insight, another message. But church, I said unto you, you got to take ownership of your spiritual life. Look at this man in the parable. He bought the land and he put a signboard. This is my interpretation. He put a signboard in that land. I will take ownership, not for rent, not for sale. You got to take ownership of your own spiritual life. Many times we blame the church. The church worship not good. The pastor is not kilat. The pastor not anointed. The pastor is everything. You think you're anointed, then you preach. Now I tell people, they have to criticize. Oh, these are the church pastor. So I tell them, very, you, think you, are, you think you can do better? Then you sell all that you have and become full-time minister. No sound. Come on. Easy for us to criticize. You think, you think all the preaching not so good? I challenge you. You go and preach for one year. No guest speaker every Sunday you preach. You will ping sun. You fall on your flat on the face. That's why walking to the pulpit is not a walk in the park. It's not a toy to play. It's not a place you want to show people that you can speak. If God never anoints you to the office, don't try to be a smart Alex. He will begin to ax you. Welcome to church, you get scolded. Number two. Spiritual treasure comes with a sacrifice. We go on to the parable of the pearl. The story of the pearl as follows. It's about a man who spent his life looking for a perfect pearl. When he found it, he bought it. He sold everything and he bought it. And why? Why did Jesus use the pearl in his parable? Understand in your mind, there is something unique about pearl. It's interesting to know 
the pearl has been formed. At the day of Jesus, pearl was a prized possession. So Jesus talking about something that people can relate. If durians were to grow in Palestine, Jesus will use the word durian. But you and I know durian don't grow in that country, in the tropical land. If durian does grow, then the Jesus might have spoken, or me, I've spoken. The parable of the kingdom of God is like sharp thorns. <laughs> that is my parable. I like to read and make fun. I like to joke myself. This is the parable. But anyway, why did Jesus use a pearl? A pearl has to go to different stages. A pearl begins with a speck of a sand in a shell of an oyster. Ladies, you love the pearl. I never found any ladies don't love pearl. Every lady I know, every girl I know, every woman I know that love a pearl. We always go to the store, we buy a pearl, but we forget of the creation of pearl. One speck of sand into the oyster and irritates the oyster, irritates the oyster, closed up and irritated. And day and day and months and years, irritation come. In the end, when it open up, when the fullness of time come, when the oyster open up, you find the pearl of a great price. Where it is, it is birth, it is birth in salty water, not fresh water. We talk about original, eh? not cultured pill. We talk about original, salty water. And church, spiritual treasure does not come lightly in a cheap way. There is a price to pay. Let me give you an example of a price to pay. After my army, I went to New York City. I be trained as a deep sea diver. I love the sand, the sea, the shark, and the sun. That's, that's when I go to Biak, when I go to Bali, when I go to Mauritius, the pastors know they've packed me up every day. But I say, one day holiday. He said, yes, I arrange a dive site for you. So I was in Florida. I dive in a swift water diving. I dive cave diving, freshwater diving, copio diving. Copio diving is pitch dark. You put your hand right at your mask. You can't even see your hand. I got my dive watch. Even my dive watch, I can't even see. I got my dive gauge. My dive gauge even cannot see. It's pitch total black darkness. Everything got to go by feeling. And that only we do for a few seconds because we need to know how much air we have. Cannot be too long. If not, that's it. The, 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 the cave diving, he will bury you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is why cave diving is not a toy to play like you know. The Thai boys were caught in the, in the, in the cave. Oh, I followed that program very closely, second to the Bible, because I'm a diver. I want to see how they do. I say, wow, these guys are really rascal fella. For not sorry for the word rascal fella. Anyhow, go inside there. Did not know that the flood water, oh, the flood water comes in. It's not, a, it's not by grace of God. Many people have prayed and they were saved. But I tell you, one died, and that is a, that is a professional diver. It's not something easy. There's a lot of safety procedure you got to follow. You don't use one thing. You use two tanks. Okay, you got standby tanks all the way. Anyway, there's a whole safety procedure. We'll not get into detail. Okay, so anyway, this is our swift water diving. 40 feet width, 20 feet deep. If I were to jump into from the boat here 
I will end up at the end of the road, swift water. It's very fast, the water swift. The whole place is called the ancient uh, Indian burial ground where they bury the Indians, uh, red Indians at the banks of the shore. But that river is flooded by Indian, uh, ancient Indian uh, arrow warhead. So I, we only got few hours, we got only one hour to die. Visibility only five feet. Sometimes good, sometimes six, depends if the sun shines. Other than that, five feet, seven feet, eight feet, blah. That's it, you cannot see. We, as a diver, visibility is very important by sight. If not, you just see nothing. One hour of diving, I found nothing. Now, let's assume. Let's assume that one hour of diving, I found the arrowhead. Then your question to me is, where did you find this arrowhead? I would say at this area of the river, right at this point, and I put a marker and put a boy, so you know this area is full of arrowhead. That will be our natural question that you will ask me. But we need to ask a most vital question. We need to ask is how much time would you sacrifice to find what you found? How much time would you sacrifice to find what you found. Today we are living in a microwave society. We want things done quickly, received quickly. Somehow we brought this mentality into the house of God. We come to the altar. We ask the pastor to pray. Yes, pastor will pray. They are obliged to pray. They are called to pray. They are purposed to pray. But we expect a quick answer. That sometimes certain things will happen quickly. But certain things will not happen quickly. There's certain thing we got to pay the price and sacrifice. And church, you sacrifice for your education. You sacrifice all that you need. You sacrifice, you know, church, we need the Holy Spirit of God to begin to stir in our hearts because there's certain thing that is a price to pay. I wish everything will be quick. A press of the button, everything will be fine. If every time everything is quick, we will take for granted the spiritual value that God has given us. But each time we come longer and longer, and each time God begins to bless us, we will value the spiritual things of God. Am I right to say, if I'm going to give you free things, if I'm going to give free things, Ibu, if I'm going to give free things, I give free things, sometimes it doesn't value us. But if I say this one costs you, pay me. This one costs you. Ah, you pay, the sac you sacrifice your saving. Example, you treasure, you keep, you remember, you paid the price. You won't anyhow throw away. Your audition is, oh, precious man, sayang, sayang. Cannot throw away. Why? Because it's precious. My first dive watch, that was 1970. I paid only $120, brother, those days. It lasted me for 32 years before it died. And I'm still keeping it. My wife say, why don't you throw? I say, no, this is an original Seiko. <laughs> I'm still keeping it. Original Seiko. Now I got a luminous different dive watch. You got that one. I paid for it. The original Seiko cost me 120 many years ago. So to me, it's a treasure. But 
flip side, spiritual treasure. Let's go on. What are the areas we sacrifice? We sacrifice our material pleasure. Are we, I'm not advocating that you should sell all and, and sleep in the bus stop. That's not my idea. What God has blessed us, we always have eternity in our life. And church, sacrifice our comfort. Sometimes we get so comfortable with the comfort that the comfort principle determines all that we do. Today you call people for missions. They will say, where are you going? Papua, let me pray first. Sounds very spiritual. But you ask them to go for their holiday, they don't pray. They book Air Asia. ASAP, zero dollar. Because going to some place and going to Papua, Oh, Papua, the sacrifice. Going to that place, no need to sacrifice. Let's be honest. In 1916, there was a boy, baby boy by the name of David Lloyd jo jo uh, George. The mother was carrying he, her, him in a storm, blizzard or storm, a snowstorm. And the snowstorm was so heavy snowstorm, she took out the outer coat and another outer coat, only an inner linen was left to cover the little boy. And after she covered the little boy, snow began to cover her. When rescue came, they found that the mother died and they were found a bundle. And they opened up the bundle, they found the little boy inside alive. Later on, as years goes by, the little boy grew up to become the statesman of New the Great Britain. All because the mother sacrificed her comfort for the son. And church, if a mother can sacrifice her son, and the son never knew that one day the son will grow up to become a great statesman of United Kingdom, how much more that you and I, we need to sacrifice our comfort. This man who sell all that he had to get one pearl of the most precious pearl. That means he got nothing. But in fact, in the parable, within the parable, I believe Jesus is saying, if you were to, if you were to sacrifice your life for me, I give you eternity. That's why... You and I, we need to look beyond eternity. Let me close with this scripture. Number three, spiritual treasure is a choice. Church, the twin parable is a distinct mark of the, of the man and the merchant that made a choice. The rich man sell all that he had and he bought the land. The merchant sell all that he had and he bought the pearl. Church, as we journey in our Christian life, Every day, every month, every year, every minute or so to speak, there are choices that we make. Some choices are easy while others are difficult. Night, either way, we still make choices. Regarding the man and the rich and the rich merchant, 
Their choice, they had a choice that caused everything. Let us be very honest. Then not many are willing to make difficult choices if the inconvenient is the cause. Let's be very honest. Transportation in Singapore is so easy. Senang sekali. That also difficult people to come. Ah, I feel like coming, I come. Ah. But when I go to Indonesia, the jauh-jauh tempat, far away, oh, they, if you can walk to church, they walk to church. The house of God was the first point. First. Hot sun also they walk. In Indonesia, I go to Biak. Church, Papuan. All Papuan church. Not even one Indonesian. Maybe few, one, two, a handful. All Papuan. When they come to the house of God, I'm underdressed. I am underdressed. Wear coat. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jalan kaki. They walk to the house. Church, we got MRT. We got Grab. We got Kojak. Now we got go fast, we got Delgo. That also we got, I feel like, I feel like. And Jesus said, you feel like, I slap you, then feel like her. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. We still have big difficulty. Um, I think I go and see Endgame. I don't want to miss. All very quiet, end game. I'm not against end game, the show. You can see all you want to. But that's not the spiritual treasure. Let's bear in mind the spiritual treasure doesn't come easy, church. We make choices for material. We make choices for our pleasure. We make choices for our, the things that we love. How we're making spiritual choices in our life. Let me give one example and we enter into prayer. Let's look at this woman by the name of Ruth. Mother-in-law is Noemi. It depends who is saying Naomi, Noemi, until I so lost my English language. My daughter said, Pastor, wrong pronunciation. Noemi, Naomi, Ayah, Ayah. No need lah. Noemi, you and I know the Bible enough. Some other pronunciation is like we go, you go, when you go to heaven, we we'll sit on one corner and learn how to pronounce. Pronounce. Ruth never tell the mother-in-law, Mama, you got jacuzzi in, Jac in Jerusalem? You got you got how many houses you have? You got condominium? You got, is that a mall in Jerusalem? Oh, I will follow you. No. She haven't, even, she haven't been in the land of Israel. She was in the land of Moab. But she, what she say, I heard what God have done in Israel. And looking at the life of Noemi, the mother-in-law, she became a light. She was a spiritual treasure to her. And said, what you have, I also want to have. You have the spiritual treasure I want to have. You sacrifice so much, I'm willing to sacrifice and walk with you. I want to go, balik kampung. He said, no, I don't want to balik kampung. I follow you, mama. So she make a choice. Listen very carefully. She did not knew the light at the end of the tunnel. 
But there was a light at the end of the tunnel. What was the light? My parable, my parable to you. Her name was written in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. She did not say her mother, until my name is written, then I will follow you. Now, she made a choice in her life. That tells us, church, you know, there are some choices that we make and sacrifice, and God take note of the sacrifice and reward us the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm speaking parable now. She was a Gentile. She was not a Jew. Grace and mercy. Her name was in the genealogy. All because she made a choice. Was she looking for Boaz? No, I follow you. But as she journey, God unfold the spiritual treasure. Today, in our journey with the Lord, the parable, come musician, the parable, I pray that you read this parable, God will give more insight that I will sit with the, at your feet and learn to listen. There's so much truth in the parable that God will unfold to you. I believe today, when you read that, God will give you insight. Many areas that I haven't seen. Let us stand to our feet. Maribadiri, let us stand by the grace of God and the mercy of God. You know, in a simple understanding of this parable of the, the man who sell everything for the land and the pearl, a pearl of great price. You say, Pastor, all that you say, I don't understand. I give you one simple understanding. You are the greatest treasure. Jesus left heaven, came down to earth, died on the cross. He saw you. He put you aside. He died on the cross. He said, now you belongs to me. You are my treasure. I'm giving you another angle. It just came to my mind. You are a precious pearl. I came to seek and save those who are lost. You are the one sheep. Did Jesus say, even if you are the only one on this earth, I will die for you. Gracious Father, I ask of you today, by your Holy Spirit, you grant us understanding to thy word. Lord, as I laid before you and before your people what you laid in my heart, I pray that you will open your understanding to the word of God. Lord, lift them up in the higher level. They will treasure that word, the choices that they make. You will remember their choices. Father, even though they may be wrong choices, be merciful, O God. I commit them before you, Father, in the name of Jesus.
as my sister lead us in worship. I believe God been speaking to you. Say, Pastor, pray for me. There are choices in my life that I may be wrong or I made a mistake. But today, I pray that as you say, Father, today I desire to make a right choice. You come wherever you are.